Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome along to our latest episode of the RTGA podcast. The Football League is up and running, hurling following suit this weekend. So we've got a double helping of league action to look forward to with Peter Canavan, Jackie Tyrrell, Declan Bogue, joining myself and Rory. Let's start with the football then, lads, because four cracking Division One games to look forward to. And after last weekend, I think everybody's just waiting for this to get going. Derry, Tyrone, Mayo, Dublin, Roscommon, Galway and Monaghan against Kerry. No doubt about it Peter the game of the weekend Derry Tyrone I think Mickey Hart could probably tug out in the shorts himself given the heat he's going to be feeling at this one <laughs> ah, he's well used to that Jackie well used to that <laughs> yeah look it's, it's uh, promises to be um, a great occasion all around there'll be some crowd at, at Celtic Park and for all the battling that's going to take place on it uh, the two counties are come together there's a march organised for the campaigns for Patsy Kelly and, and Sean Brown, the search for justice goes on there. So you'll have a lot of thrown gales and a lot of dairy gales marching to the free dairy corner before the game. And then they'll march up to uh, Celtic Park and get behind their counties. And I would say you could well have 10, 11,000 at least. It'll probably be packed, um, maybe 12,000 at that game. So uh, there'll be a sense of occasion. The outcome, believe it or not, in, in terms of result, is, is not the most important thing um, from a Throne perspective. And I think most people would agree that Throne are a bit behind Derry at the minute, that Derry are top two, top three contenders for an All-Ireland title. They are, in terms of their development, they're a good bit ahead of, of, of Throne at this stage. Throne is six debutants last time around. So you have a... Uh, a young up-and-coming throne team playing against a very experienced dairy team. So uh, if it can be uh, competitive from start to finish, I, I will be happy. Um, I may not get the result that I want, but uh, I've no doubt, even though, as I say, it's it's not it's not championship, it's not knockout, but you can be guaranteed that both sets of players will be given at everything on, uh, at Celtic Park on Sunday. Mm. I think that's interesting, Declan, the p- point that Peter is making, that maybe the result isn't that important. I'd argue that it is in a way, because just given everything else that's been going on, the emotive sense that's going to be there that Peter is talking about, the Mickey Hart factor, I don't know, I, I feel like the result of this one actually kind of is important because of those things. Yeah, and, and so much as I get what Peter is saying, and, and, and I had noted down about the march that's going to happen, because I thought you might ask me uh, about maybe strength of feeling or reception maybe that, that Mickey might get from fans, visiting mm-hmm. fans, just to make the point that, you know, the important thing happens from, from free Derry Corner up to Celtic Park. Anything after that is pantomime. It's fun, okay? And what I was going to think was, why did, uh, say, for example, the Glenn players play against Kerry? Because I'm fully convinced Mickey had said to them, this is the year that we go down to Kerry and beat them on their own patch in the league. In the same way as when he came in in Tyrone in 2003, if I'm not mistaken, Peter, he's went down and beat Kerry down there. And that was perhaps one of those results that goes a long way to showing 
look, we're on top here. We're actually competing. I don't know if it's that. I think it's probably more important for Throne to get a positive result out of Derry than Derry to, to actually get a positive result out of Throne because right now, right now they might be feeling that after having won two back-to-back Ulster titles that they are in a much stronger position than Throne and they can nearly afford to have a down week. Uh, it'll be extremely interesting to see what level that Conor Glass and Ethan Doherty play this weekend, Kieran McFall. Um, will they be given a half off, for example? Um, but there's no doubt about it. Like in terms of, there are some games that you just pick out. I think Derry will have picked out the ones against Dublin and Kerry. They're the ones for me, which I think they're going to say, we're going to win them come hell or high water. And the rest of them, they'll just do that thing of trying to gather up about six, seven points and then do a slow bicycle race. Mm. Not rather get it, stay in the top division as most top teams would do with the league. Mm. What do you think, Rory? Mm. I like I, I I thought it was very interesting Declan's point about the pantomime, but I suppose it, that will be something that a lot of us will be very very interested in because whether we like it or not, it's really odd to see Mickey Hart wearing a Derry uh, tracksuit top. And I know people will say, "Well, sure, look, he wore a loud one for the last couple of years, and that wasn't such a big deal." And I suppose that's why it wasn't such a big deal, just by the virtue of loud the chances of loud coming across Tyrone League or Championship were smallish. Now, there was a chance, obviously, last year they could have drawn each other in the group stages, but they were unlikely to cross paths. Now, this is like Mickey Hart, who's such a, you know, he's such a, a, a revered and significant and massive figure in the history of Tyrone GA, taking them on, like at a time when he's got a team that could potentially challenge for All-Ireland. It's, I think it's fascinating. Mm. I agree. I, I really do. And like, I mean, Peter, I know you're laughing because I actually think even I was watching you on League Sunday last Sunday night, it was like, is it still rankling with you watching him in that tracksuit? For a lot of Tyrone people, when they see him in the flesh on that sideline, I, I do actually think that there could be just a bit of, I, I don't know, look, maybe we are making too much out of it, but I think Rory's right. I, I don't think anybody in Tyrone ever expected that they would find a day like this. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree totally yeah, with you. Yeah. Um, but look, it's it's I suppose we've had time to accept it now, and, and you have to accept it and and move on. And uh, whether whether you like it or not is completely uh, immaterial. And does does Mickey Hart care about how uh, he's perceived outside of um, his own? Um, set up there absolutely not it, 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 you know he's a very focused individual he but Peter can I ask you though can I ask you on that and I mean look we've seen legendary managers move I mean Mick O'Dwyer is Mick O'Dwyer's legacy and reputation and the respect with which he's held in Kerry was that damaged by him moving to um, Kildare and Leash and all of the different counties and it probably wasn't but is there a danger that it could be for Tyrone people if he had a move to Cork would it have been damaged Probably not. <laughs> and we could do with him. <laughs> um, look, um, again, you know, as a player, uh, when I played for Throne, I didn't well, play it. to win any popularity contest. You know, yeah. you, you play to, to do your very best to win. And uh, Mickey's, Mickey's no different. Um, uh, absolutely, there, there's no doubt about it. The reaction uh, immediately, the news came out that that he had he had went to Derry. 
it caused, of course, it caused rancor and a lot of throne gales and, and throne supporters and people that backed Mickey for, for years were very disappointed to see that. But, you know, that decision, that decision has now been made. Um, there was no place for him um, in, in the throne setup. Um, he wouldn't have been that happy maybe with the way things and the way that it was um, managed at the time maybe left a lot to be desired for a man that has given so much to the county as he has given be it uh, club uh, underage and thrown senior teams so um, you know he's entitled to do whatever he wants um, and as I say come Sunday when he's on that sideline you can be guaranteed no matter what has been uh, what will be shouted at or what will be said on the sidelines he'll not hear it because he'd be totally consumed with what's going on between the white lines on the pitch. And um, look, that's that, that's the way it is, whether you like it or not. It's, it's time to move on. And as I said on, on Sunday night, he's there because he believes he has still got it within him to take uh, a team to an All-Ireland title. And, and he believes that he's, he's going to get his hands on another All-Ireland title before he eventually does uh, retire. Yeah, well, look, it's fascinating. I it think really there'll be a is. sending off or two, Jackie. I think. This oh will yeah. Be, I think this will be a very physical game. I don't think there'll be uh, any quarter asked or given, and I think it'll be a a nice busy afternoon for Noel Mooney. I think he was a good referee, by the way. But I him. think I think he'll have his work cut out. <laughs> yeah, I really will. Look, that's going to be fascinating. We could actually sit here for half an hour and talk about that game alone, but I am conscious there is three other games in the division that probably will hardly get the headlines this weekend, Declan, that maybe they deserve, including a derby between Mayo and Dublin, who themselves very rarely give us a boring game. So I think that one will be interesting to, to look out for, particularly, I think, given that the Dubs lost last weekend, they go there now knowing maybe they have to get something from this game. Yeah, and like I was just looking at it, uh, and comparing the, the two teams and like there's there's been so much longevity with that that Dublin team and you've still people who are still uh, you know going so many years after but Mayo in credit uh, credit to them you know we might just see Killian O'Connor, Aidan O'Shea and perhaps Rob Hanley who's had a very unexpected renaissance after it seemed that uh, you know Colin Reap was set, settled on as the number one and Ross Byrne is the second, the, the number two behind him as his deputy. But then Kevin McStay has gone back and, and got a Rob, who had a good season with Rahini and Dublin. Very good, very good season, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, you've got these guys who've been basically spending their whole entire careers chasing Dublin, have managed to beat them twice in championship football and are still standing up to them. And they... That's, you know, I mean, we t- I said the word pantomime. Is there ever a greater pantomime, really, than O'Shea and the Dublin fans? And maybe there is because they, they, they seem to genuinely dislike K- Killian O'Connor because Killian O'Connor is one of these players that I think it was Garoud uh, Haggerty that said, like, any time that he sees a foul that he commits on TV, he goes like, how on earth is that a foul? Like, Killian O'Connor is one of these, <laughs> uh, a bit like Peter in his day, where he, he had a great tackle on him for a forward, like, you know, he... <laughs> It really would go hard at, at, at the Dublin defence. But, you know, all those kind of things aside, there was a great yarn. Someone told me, actually, that, that, that Rob Hanley went to Rahini and somebody said to him in the dressing room, look, Rob, you know, you're, you're going to settle in here. You know, fair play to you. You're going to get into the vibe. 
You'll be a great lad. You really enjoy Rahini. Just keep doing what you've been doing for the last 10 years. Kick every kick out to Brian Fenton in the middle. That's the point. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a great game. Always a great occasion. There's always plenty of Mayo travelling support that'll, that'll go to that. Uh, oh, sorry, it's in Castlebar, isn't it? In Castlebar, Castle yeah. Bar. yeah. yeah. I mean, they've given, and Mayo have given Dublin some hockeyans there down through the years. Like, it was an 18-point one, uh, I forget which year now, but they've really given them plenty of, of good beatings in, in Castlebar. Mm. The thing is, as well, with Mayo, Peter, like last year, they were flying at this time of the year and we were tipping them as All-Ireland contenders. If they were to beat the All-Ireland champions, it probably, look, I know, again, it's very early. We're not going to get carried away, but I do think for Kevin McStay, in terms of instilling belief in this old group of players who've been there before, they've done this, it would be another yardstick for them to measure themselves against. Well, it, it wouldn't be like the beginning of the National League if, if we didn't build Mayo up and, yes. and they get a couple <laughs> of good wins and they're going to win the All-Ireland. So, and, but this time around, I don't think anybody... I do expect them to beat Dublin. Yeah. And I don't think anybody will be getting too carried away by the fact that they defeated a Galway team without Peter Cook, without Killian McDade, without Damien Comer... And uh, a Galway team that looked out of sorts apart from those absentees. Mm -hmm. And then you have a Dublin team not firing on all cylinders at the minute. It'll be interesting if Desi actually sticks with with so many of the same personnel that played against Monaghan. Because defensively, in, in particular, they they looked all over the the place. There was obviously a, a lack of pace in, in, in key pos, uh, positions. Now, you have to counter that by saying that not everybody is as fast as Stephen O'Hanlon or, or Michal Bannigan. But um, so Dublin, like last year, know that the, there's a bigger picture ahead and it's a, a case of timing your run. And I, I think nobody was able to time that run better than them last year. So uh, I think that's what Desi's out there. But from a male perspective, you know, Kevin McStay can't worry about what, what others do. Uh, I think he will be well aware from last year too that he has to, you know, when the time's ready for his side to peak. And um, and if they keep winning in the meantime, then fair enough. But I think he and his team are very much well aware of the bigger picture. Mm. It does. Maybe I feel like we say this every year, Rory, but for that particular group of players, it does feel like every year we say this could be the last dance as well. You know, like there is... I guess that growing sense for a lot of these players that at some point it needs to happen for them and it still hasn't. For all the time that Declan talks about they've beaten Dublin and all that, they still haven't done the thing that they want to do, which is win in All-Ireland. So what's the difference now for Kevin McStay this year? I think he is starting to... like. I mean, I th what, I've, what I've always loved about Mayo, um, right through from James Horne's uh, first spin around the block, and all the way through to Rochford and now on to Kevin. They have an incredible ability to regenerate and find new players. Everyone, you know, assumed Lee Keegan once in a lifetime. Along comes, um, you know, the next thing Sam Callanan arrives on the scene. Um, the name escapes me now. The young... The, the, uh, the young old McLaughlin, the young the young lad that's gone to Australia, that, you know, they got a yeah, couple of... Oshin, yeah. right? Yeah. Like... So I mean, you're what you're like. They've they they have a, just an unbelievable depth. It's mm. a big, big thing to play football in Mayo to play for the county team. They've made it an incredible brand in and of itself. So I think 
If Killian O'Connor and Aidan O'Shea, I mean, we've seen a good few shuffle off already. Kevin McLaughlin obviously went. Jason Doherty went over the winter. There's been a few already before that go. Mayo will just keep doing what Mayo do. And eventually it will happen for them. And who knows, this could be the year. This might be the year where there's a little bit of an off season for, or, you know. But I, I don't necessarily see them ever changing unless the day that does come where they do finally get over the line. And sure, look, wouldn't that be something for everybody to rejoice on? <laughs> yeah, my God, the whole country would be, be into that one. If Okay, so let's just say Dublin then, right, Peter? Dublin, obviously, no panic, very, very early stages. Different situation, though, for Galway and Roscommon in the manner that they lost last weekend, I think, to Dublin. For both of these teams who were beaten in week one, I would think that both of these need to... Whoever loses this game is suddenly in danger of the drop zone. And I think this game probably has a lot more riding on it than maybe that Dublin one, in spite of the fact that they lost last weekend as well. And even the, the Derry Throne one, Jack A would include that as well. I, I agree, absolutely. In terms of results, this is the, the big one in, in Division 1 because if Roscommon or Galway come out of this with uh, a defeat, that's them after two games, uh, nothing on the board and with a lot of difficult games mm-hmm. ahead of them. Come, yeah. So absolutely, this is, is vital. Now, again, you talk about the luck of, of the draw and when you play certain counties, when you're drawn out again. Them thrown were, were playing Roscommon last week without Roscommon, without their St. Bridges players. Massive loss to them. And Andy Smith uh, wasn't available so, you know, that's a massive plus to throne. Obviously, you can say the same for teams that play or drawn to play Kerry at the start of the league. Much better time to get them than than towards the end. That's Lady Luck. But um, now you'd think Roscommon have uh, those players back that day. It's imperative for them. They're very strong in, in Dr. Hyde Park. And it's it's. I'd be surprised if, if Galway can turn around their fortunes. They still... I'm led to believe will not have Peter Cook, they'll not have Killian McDade or, or, or Comer. So that's a big challenge to go there and, and to get the points. But I, I take your point completely in, in terms of Division 1. That's, that's a massive game Sunday. Yeah, I, I think genuinely, Declan, to me, that's the one. That's the one where they both have to be absolutely targeting this game, whatever else happens in Division 1 this weekend. Yeah, look, it, it, it's never... It's never uh, advisable to lose against your your, your provincial neighbours anyway. But you know Galway's concerns. You know that, that uh, I think Park Joyce actually confirmed Peter Cook was gone. Uh, I had actually thought the way things were going that that with the different people returning with Dylan, uh, Dylan McHugh returning with Kieran coming back, I thought that Galway might actually engineer a situation where they might free up uh, Sean Kelly to become. Do sort of a Brendan Rogers on leave fullback and go midfield and become this mobile midfielder that would support Killian McDade then, uh, and then you'd have um, Damien Comer also. But that spine, it's never really, it's never really cemented down because of injuries to all three of them and, and absences through whatever. But Roscommon, you know, they will know themselves like that there's a little bit of off colour. They didn't go back as quick as other counties. Other counties were back long before Roscommon. Um, they, they, that's just the classic situation of having too good a, a start of the league and timing it a wee bit better. But all of a sudden, the league has become this massive thing where the first weekend of it is the, the most important weekend of it for for many counties. Like the first three weeks, 
uh, sets the tone then for the rest of the season. If you take a look at most Division Two and Division, and certainly Division Three and four counties, if they do have a bad opening three rounds, then their season essentially is cooked and it's gone. It's over for them. So, like, you know, you, you, you need to be loading an awful lot into that first weekend, need to be getting points, but then the pressure's on, and the pressure on both of them. So what happens, how it comes out, how it comes out in the West End, the, the losing manager is going to be under unbelievable pressure then. Yeah, I totally agree. Last game in Division 1 then this weekend, Monaghan, Kerry. And if you think, if you're in Monaghan's position, Rory, and you've already taken down Dublin and now you want to go and play the other All-Ireland finalists, nice little start to them. And as Declan says, also playing without some of their key players and Peter references as well, you know, without the Cliffords, the timing of these runs is is really, really particular for Monaghan because they could be set up and flying to start of the year. I, I give them a great chance of winning again at the mm. weekend. Um, you know, I think they will won't really be all that worried. Like Kerry minus the Cliffords is a completely different proposition, really, to what you would face when they are playing. We all know it. that's that's a pretty obvious, and anyone watching football, I think Monaghan will fancy their chances big time, big time. I mean, they have no injury concerns really coming out of last Saturday night. They're in pretty good shape. Yeah, all their players that he's kind of, you know, moved into some new positions. The for, they're all playing top of their form, O'Hanlon, Bannigan, Killian Lavelle, even the goalkeeper, you know? So I think, um, yeah, I I think it'll be a, a, another very good game and I'd give Monaghan a really good chance to put another two points on the board. Yeah. Monaghan could end up winning this league. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. If, if Peter, you, you're in Monaghan's position and you needed to get to the next level and you're finding these players at this stage, would you go hard after a game like this against Kerry and get the points on the board and suddenly start looking upwards rather than just maintaining your status in Division 1 if you were Vinnie Corey? Well, we'll go back a few days and this time last week and you majority of people were suggesting that right teams is going to be relegated. Monaghan was on 95% of people's mm-hmm. list. Monaghan and one other, Throne, Roscommon. So just because of one one game now, I don't think Vinny will be saying we're safe here. This is going to be, you know, some team could have six points here, could have five, six points and still end up going down. So it's going to be a really uh, competitive uh, Division 1. So I I don't think that they will be approaching this game, taking it lightly, whereby. um, But I think in typical Monaghan fashion, they, they'll not play as well as they did last week. There'll be a lot expected of them now and maybe they'll not deliver if they were going in backs again the wall and everybody's saying, oh, they have no chance. That's when they produce yeah. a big performance. <laughs> um, so, look, look, Kerry, if they can match their second half intensity that they had last week, they'll be tough enough not to crack even with, without the two uh, Clifford. So, I would give a hesitant vote to, to Kerry and, uh, for this one. Yeah. Well, look, that's Division 1. Let's leave that aside for a minute because we do have some Division 2 games to look forward to as well. Armagh, Mead, Fermanagh, Kildare, Louth, Cork and Cavan, Donegal. And just even when you're looking at it from the outset, I think Declan at the start, you know, you were looking at Division 2 and everybody says it's a bear pit and who's going to come out of this. You know, Rory was kind of making the point off air about the timing of when you get the run with these. Half of that is the luck of the draw in Division 2 because if you get some of the big boys at home and you get them good and early for the likes, like let's say Armagh, 
if they can get a good run early, suddenly they're looking at promotion, getting to a league final, which would be enormously beneficial to a team like his who really need to get a winning mentality good and early. Yeah, you know, the Armagh would have been many people's favourites. And certainly going up last weekend against Louth, you know, the, the, the Louth, I suppose people's perception was slightly slightly damaged since Mickey Hart left. And, and it was, well, you know, he didn't rate them, he didn't truly rate them. Ger Brennan came in and Ger Brennan has had a minimal enough experience. You know, he hasn't been a county manager in another county yet. And this is his first job. But from what I've seen, um, speaking to Armagh people, Armagh people were very frustrated and felt that Louth completely matched them. And yes, again, our old friend, the Gale, you know, it makes, a, it makes a massive difference, like weather conditions and on weekends like that. But, you know, there, there'll be question marks just exactly on the style of play with Armagh. You know, they're, they're on the go now. And it was two years ago where they, I think they beat Dublin in the opening round of the league in Crow Park. And they played this amazing, expansive game of football. They weren't like, and, and since that, they've, they've gone away from that. And it's always been felt that among Armagh fans that the, the best time to watch Armagh is when they were in the qualifiers because there wasn't time to do an awful lot of planning and scheming and matching up players. So they would just go toe-to-toe and they would be, end up being these remarkable, entertaining games against, for example, I remember them playing Roscommon in, I believe, Port Leash around the middle part of the last decade. It was one of the best games of football you could ever watch. So they're playing Meath. Um, they have Meath and Meath will be Meath's confidence won't be great because last week they'd have been expecting to get off to a good start and really there were three points down to Fermanagh with 15 minutes to go and essentially Fermanagh didn't do enough to close that game out. Uh, they could have snatched it still with the last score Meath but they didn't. Like And, and you know, starting off with, with, with a draw at home to Fermanagh and Port Talshin wouldn't be where they wanted to be at all. Mm. Yeah, and look, they're in a completely different headspace, Rory, than Armagh is. And the, the point you were making about I guess just that draw that if you're at home for three of your four four matches, very favorable. pressure's off you anyway. Yeah, that's a very that's a that's a very favorable um, fixtures draw. Um, I'm not saying anything untoward happened, but I do find it curious, you know, because if you flip that on its head, Cork are away three out of their first four games, and to Donegal, Louth, and Fermanagh, you know, ten hour, twelve hour round trips, no. Look, I do think, like, Declan made a point earlier about how getting a little bit of momentum in these first couple of games at the start of the year can largely define your whole season. So the the draw that you get can have an, I, I think, personally, and maybe Peter, now look, having played at the highest level might beg to differ, but I do think the draw, in terms of, I mean, they call it home advantage for a reason, plays a part in that. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, I, I agree completely. And it's very unusual that that does happen. Normally, the league sorts itself out where it's, by and large, you've won home, one away, and that's the, always the first means. Like, is anybody else, back, like, like to go have back-to-back home games on your first two weekends is particularly curious, Peter, would you think? Well, it hasn't happened in Division 1. Um, is it happening in Division 3? I don't think so either, no. the way it's all... So I've no idea what what the reason is for that. That's highly unusual. But um, I think I, I know everybody's talking about Armand Donegal, and after week two, around two, I expect Armand Donegal to be sitting top. But the big, yeah. the big games are 
you know, Armand Donegal see themselves as Division One teams very much so, but Cork and Kildare see themselves very much as Sam Maguire teams and not Talchin Cup. And if Cork don't get a result, big title from Loud, if Kildare don't get a result, uh, going up to Fermanagh, then they they will be at the bottom of uh, Division Two. And if you recall last year, it was the top five teams in Division Two uh, entered the race for the Sam Maguire. So. At a really early stage, after only uh, two games in the under league, pressure. There, there's two teams under under serious pressure. So, as early as it is, massive games for Cork and Kildare this weekend. Yeah, I agree, Declan. I, I do genuinely think that, yes, we've already outlined who we think might win this division, but the real scrap mm. is actually at the bottom there. Of course, I, and you, you, nobody wants to... Going into the Touching Cup as the relegated team must be the most it must be the most disparaging thing for a team is you know, imagine presenting that as this is your reward. Okay, you're relegated, you're not longer, but here's a cup where essentially you should be winning because you've tempered yourself for two months against the best possible teams who are a level above this competition. But at the same time, you can't help but imagine that your spirits would be flagging big time going into a touching cup. I caught I was up in Bally Buffet on Sunday. Uh, and I just could not believe Cork. I just couldn't uh, understand. Mm. They, you know, there's been a lot of sort of deep dives already into what exactly Donegal did or what Jim McGuinness did. And to me, he did the most sensible things. Like he used the conditions. Like it was a gale blowing towards the River Finn end, and uh, Cork got, they won the toss. So they said, no, we're going to play into the teeth of a gale in the first half. And like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, of a former uh, manager back home used to say, you know, take the advantage. As soon as you get it, like, take the advantage of the first half. Second half will sort itself out. And, like, in the last 15 minutes of that half, Donegal took nine shots. One of them went wide. Eight of them went over in the last 15 minutes. They just simply, whenever they got to within 50 metres of the goal, they let fly and they let the wind take the ball over. And then in the kick out then, they just pushed everyone hard. Uh, and Cork were a wee bit scrambled. They could only do a running game. They got a goal out of it. They got a point after, straight after. So they were on level terms. But after that, they never took off. And in the second half, what did they score? 2-6, like, you know, they mm-hmm. only eight, eight efforts in, in total at goal. So, you know, if they don't if they don't sort themselves out, then, like, and then I would have thought that John Cleary would be exactly the man who will sort out. Cork is certainly appeal to an awful lot of Cork qualities. Uh, then they could be in for another year of just kind of bobbing along. Declan, do you not think any other team would have struggled the way Donegal played? Like you're out there saying they're shooting the accuracy from, from distance. I thought for there was periods in that game where Cork, again, the breeze actually played very well and uh, cut Donegal open you know, numerous occasions and the scoreline maybe was a bit flattering towards Donegal. But... Uh, the level and the difference in the Donegal side in terms of application, honesty, the way they went about their business is completely different to last year. And I think they are the level beyond any other team in Division 2 at the minute. So um, I thought at times Cork actually didn't play that poorly up in Balbuffet. Uh, no, you're right. And, but the, I suppose what what struck me about them is their, their unwillingness to actually take have a dig then like in the second half and John Cleary said that the wind died down that that can happen but they still were playing the exact same sort of running game they got their goal when uh, Gavin Mulroney the goalkeeper was caught away up the field and lost uh, well 
possession was lost in the move. But you're absolutely right. When they did get the running game going, at times they looked very good. I will agree with you, Donegal looked superb. That was also a Donegal team without Warren McFadden, Ferry, Oshin Gallon, Michael Langan, Jason McGee, it's like Hugh McFadden. We named about 10 different people who mm-hmm. you might imagine if you say them out loud, well, that's a Donegal starter. That's a Donegal starter. They they could they could have some panel heading into the summer. Yeah, mm. I'll be up in RD on Sunday. Watch. I'll be up in RD on Sunday, so I can report back to you on uh, <laughs> on Monday, Jackie. In terms of how it goes, one o'clock throwing. So big game, yeah. all right. Big game for both counties. Big game for both counties is for sure. We look forward to that, Rory. Peter, we're going to have to let you go. We've got loads of hurling to chat to as well. But thanks a million for being with us. Enjoy, folks. See you later. All right, well, Jackie Tyrrell has joined us now. We're going to chat through the Hurling League, which is getting going this weekend. And Thank at, God. Yeah, thank God. I think, listen, <laughs> let's let's get it going, Jackie. It feels like we've waited long enough for this beautiful game to come back. How excited are you? Yeah, look, super excited. And off the back of what I say, two great club All-Ireland semifinals and a great yeah. final as well. Like Unbelievably exciting stuff. So, look, just great to have the beautiful game back. And look, a very low-key build-up. Uh, would have liked to have seen an awful lot more hype about considering the gap from the All-Ireland, which was last July, to now I would have thought more of a bigger campaign around the hurling year being back and how exciting it is. And look, we're going into, you know, territory with Limit going for five in a row. Like, you know, I, I just feel we've so much to be shouting about, but I just don't hear too many voices about it. And, and it's just been, a, I, I think there was a soft launch to the National Hurling League. I would have liked it to be an awful lot more nice about it because it's great to have hurling back. Mm. If you're in Limerick's position, though, you're probably happy enough with that. Like when you were going for five in a row, you probably kind of like just let it all kind of happen away in the background. Give me a sense of what that's like. Yeah, of course. Look, for the players' point of view, and particularly for Limerick, they'll want to downplay it all, you know, the drive for five and all that kind of stuff. They'll just want to keep it very much as the process and, you know, just getting back into pre-season, building up to the league, going about their business as quietly as possible. I know there's stuff going on in the background with them, which will probably uh, come up throughout the year, which they don't really want to probably go there. So, um, you know, when we were back there, you know, we just come out of four in a row. Um, so the five in a row didn't feel a whole lot different when you back when back into pre-season. I suppose looking back now, the year generally went okay. It was all around probably the All Ireland semi final. I think it was Cork that year where yep. John Tennyson had picked up a cruciate a couple of weeks before it. And in that game, Brian Hogan broke his finger and Henry did his cruciate. And then after that, it just seemed to all kind of unravel with the whole masquerade as regards Henry being down in Ger Hartman with John Tennyson. And then when they did, you know, the, the miraculous comeback and then the 10,000 train, and it just seemed to kind of gather momentum out of that. But look, that's probably been a bit dismissive of Tipperary because. On the day, they just hurled unbelievably in 2010, and they were so hurting so much from 09. Um, you know, but that kind of side choke definitely didn't help our case. Would have changed a whole lot. I'm not sure. I just think Tipperary hit the sweet spot that day. But, um, you know, it's 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 just a different dynamic, the five in a row. Yeah, it's funny because, Declan, you used the word pantomime earlier when we were talking about the football sense. And there is an element of that around this Limerick team that, you know, there's just so much fanfare. They've obviously had all that stuff going on in the background that Jackie is talking about. And... It does seem like for them, maybe getting on the pitch is actually the thing that they probably need the most. Yeah, and but you know, the, the team that goes on to the pitch is not going to be the team that is going to be the front line players who are going to be trying to win in All Ireland. Like, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be flush with a huge amount of contacts down in Limerick, but I have been talking to people who are friendly with others on the panel, and the sense that I'm getting back, like, 
is that you know you'll see the frontline players the Barry Nash right through to the the Dagenham Hans, right through the Seamus Flanagan up the top they'll be coming back in week three you know even at that you know round three maybe even half of them back by round three they'll not need them and I say this like and I don't like saying it they'll just not need them against Antrim because an Antrim team to give Limerick bother needed to be going full bore but there's been so much loss between Neil McManus's retirement and uh, Keel Malloy, Sean Elliott, Nigel Elliott from the Dunloy team, that it just, the, the team that they'll be bringing down, Darren Gleeson's going to have a, a big fight in his hands to keep them competitive this year. So Limerick won't need them for the first round or two. Um, but so the, the, essentially, and we talk about this in the football, that, you know, what happens in round two, uh, one, two, three in football can define. Limerick can go and lose every league game here. They don't care. You know, mm-hmm. They are in that. Uh, I don't know if it was the same for Jackie and Kilkenny in, in 2010, but essentially it will not damage the conference one iota of any of their players if they get relegated because they will have played a very small role in the league and it is all about the big squeeze, what happens in through the Munster Championship and then further on. Yeah, and I totally accept that point, except that, Rory, this group are winners. And, mm. you know, I, I think even when they started losing in Munster last year, it didn't sit well with them and they wanted to rectify it quickly. So I completely accept Declan's point, but I still feel like this group that John Kylie has put together just wouldn't accept substandards. And I think there's a little bit of an incentive with the league as well this year in that the top three in each division will form part of the Division 1 for 2025. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think the team that finishes fourth in each division will yes. have a playoff to make the seventh team. Is that correct, Declan? No, there'll be. It, it's actually the best place fourth. The best, best place fourth team. So they're not going to have a playoff. Be, no? be a playoff now, no okay, problem. so the best place fourth team. So that there'll be your seven. Now to be in that seven, I think is going to be absolutely essential for the top teams because you, you, number one, you're going to get you know, like basically you'll be Cork, Kilkenny, Galway, Limerick, Tipperary, Watford, Claire, let's say that's your seven, right? I mean, that's serious. They are serious games to get in advance of your round robin. They are proper with, with the prospect of relegation attached down to the Division 2, as it will probably become known. So it'll add a little bit of extra bite into the campaign. Now we, we won't see that, obviously, until next year. But it impacts on how teams approach the league this year. And I think from a Limerick perspective, no different to any county. They will want it. They'll want it for the gates. They'll want it for the big crowds. They'll want it for developing players. They'll want it for the competitive nature of playing against all the other brilliant teams that you have at hurling at the top level. So I think there will be... There will definitely be a lot more attached to the integrity of approach that managements will take for this year's campaign. Well, I certainly hope there will anyway. Mm. Yeah, I, I actually, I see the merit in that, Jackie, because if you are playing at any level, whether it's league or championship, you want to be playing in the top level. And yeah, Rory's right. It's not going to impact what happens this year, but that is a big carrot for a lot of the county boards in particular next year for who they might be able to attract to come and see those home games in the league in 2025. Yeah, this league, Jackie, this year's league is a pathway to next year's league. And, and, and you have to be looking forward to going, right, okay, we want to be in that seven next year and get those competitive games because we were the last three or four years we were kind of becoming a little removed the league 
the mirrors of it, you know, you've seen some really dug, dead rubber games on it. So it needed to bring accountability back into it. And this most definitely has done that. Uh, so I'm all on for that because the league, it's probably not what it was a good few years ago. I remember the league being absolutely ferocious, like some of the games we used to have. And like Brian Cody used to always say, you'd learn so much from going up to Galway in a miserable day in Salt Hill with a breeze blowing straight down the field. You, you'd find out what lad's character is that day. You mightn't find a whole lot about their skill set because you'd be playing in the ball, but you'd find out if a lad is up first. <laughs> Likewise, going down to Clare, like some of those games going down there, you'd find out exactly. But that we'd gone away from that. But I think this is definitely a step back towards those kind of days, which we're all on for. And look, the, the, the big concern about the league is how close it is to the round robin uh, uh, and how competitive that is. It's two weeks. So look, getting to a semi-final, you'll probably still have three, four weeks, so there's nothing wrong with that. So I I, I, I welcome this league. I welcome the way it's going. Um, and next year will be even more competitive again. I definitely think this is a pathway towards it. Mm. That's the key. So the round robin, the league final is the 7th of April, the round robin 13 days later. And if you're looking at it, Declan, you might say, okay, take Limerick aside, right? And we've already discussed the merits of what they do. What about the other teams and their ability to want to be able to maybe A, play in a league final or B, looking ahead to that round robin, which is literally two weeks after that. It's a very, very tight turnaround. So give me the merits, I guess, of some of the other counties. Who would it benefit to actually be in a league final? Yeah, this is the obvious one. The absolute standout obvious one is... Sorry about this, Roy. It's Cork, like you yeah. know. What I mean, it's, I know well, you're, you're you're right, though. Sorry, yeah. It's 26 years, like 26 yeah. years. You know, what I mean, you know, is it possible that Patrick Horgan's entire career will come and go, like, and he not win a single national title? Like that is just Bagger's belief. Like they, this, the longest, Roy, if I'm right in saying, gap now that there's ever been for Cork without winning the senior All Ireland. Like Cork in hurling, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, in hurling, yeah. Cork beat silverware. They absolutely needed the crave it. Waterford might think they they have got, but like I mean, Jesus, like they've got Walsh Park back now, uh, because it was just a bit detached for them all last year. But uh, they don't have Tig the Burka, they don't have Austin Gleeson. Like you know, they, they've got the three Bennett brothers back, but there's so much flux there that you just don't know. And like losing Austin Gleeson, losing Tig the Burka for a year, it's uh, it just seems like there's too much to go. Tip will just do what Tip want to do. Liam Cahill might feel he wants to, but you know, he went down this road a wee bit with Waterford too before. So God knows what his approach would be. I, I don't think that you, you're going to have any kind of idea. Which leaves really, when you're looking at it, Galway and Cork, and I think they're the two teams that are going to go kind of bald-headed for it. Like, And 13 days gap, getting to the league final and getting a competitive game in the league final will be enough that they, they will write that off and say that's good enough for Unlike, like, Limerick and Kilkenny last year heading down to the park where it was just so completely two un- uninterested teams and Limerick still managed to do it like you know with a walkthrough of, of a performance really yet Cork for me like th- th- this is it like it's it it has to it's it's all in for Pat Ryan like he has to get something out of this league did you not have said super value park there yeah. uh... <laughs> I think that his point is well made though, Rory, because it does feel mm. like there has been a lot of talk about Cork. They're coming, they're coming. And every year there's a growing sense of optimism. And I think we saw shades of it last year. You look at what the games that they lost were by a point. You know, they were very unlucky not to get out of Munster. What's your sense of where this team are at now? 
Well, Pat named a 37-man panel there yesterday, or was it the day before? Um, but I was looking at it, and now you can sometimes look at these things with very insular and very um, rose-tinted glasses. But if there's a stronger 37-man panel out there, I'd be surprised. So In the whole country? Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely go so far as to say that. Um, oh, he's tough, fighting yeah, talk early. Like I, I think, I think he has, I think he has unbelievable depth. But I think where the problems come, for, from what I can see, anyway, and this is what we certainly saw last year, got an awful lot of players at that seven point five eight out of tens, right? Not that many, nine and a half, ten out of ten players, which Limerick have in abundance. And I think getting the sort of, you know, a mainstay of six or seven players that you can absolutely bank on week in, week out, particularly when the round robin comes around. Um, Seamus Harnady is probably pushing on a little bit now. Obviously, Patrick Horgan is pushing on at the same time. And we know the clock is ticking for them. So it is going to be a case of other leaders needing to step up. But I think looking the likes of the Ben Cunninghams and... Dara Flynn's and a couple of others. And one thing that you will say about Pat, Pat won't be afraid to throw them in. They will definitely see game time and they will play and they will have to play in a certain way. He will, he has definitely, I don't think you're, I think you'll, you'll still see that very direct style. Um, the onus being on win your own ball, but I think Declan is spot on. I think, look, they need to win something. And a national title, obviously, a league title would like they've won a couple of monsters, obviously, over the course of the last few years or the last when however many, but yeah, a national title would be good, just even for confidence alone. Mm, yeah. I mean, look, Jackie, especially if they have the best panel in Ireland there, you know, they'd want to be putting that to good use, wouldn't they? Yeah, big words from Rory. But look, I do echo some of what he's saying. If you look at the the volume of players they have coming through with the underage success they've had. The question for me would probably be they seem to have a lot of similar profile yeah. type of player. That's always take. been the problem, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would take, for example, Tommy O'Connell, like yeah. a really, really good hurler, but they have maybe eight or nine, five or ten guys, really dynamic, really good on the ball. Out of all those lads, have they a, like a Tommy o like, like Tommy O'Connell, Owen Roach, Brian Roach, they're all very samey, aren't they, Jackie? Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. Have and they that's a Colin O'Neill? A leggy kind of six foot one dynamic guys who can't break into the Limerick squad. Have they a Cotton O'Neill? Have they those type of dynamic kind of X factor type of players? So it's it's looking at that pool and trying to extract right who could be something different for this Cork team that we've been missing the last couple of years. And that will probably only fall out of the league when when Pat Ryan exposes them to these games. And then also there's a lot of kind of players like Seamus Harney, like Connor Lehan these type of players, Patrick Horgan, that are probably at an older demographic, that, and this is going to sound harsh, haven't got it done at this point. Yep. So how many of them do you go back with? So they play Limerick in, in a round robin. Limerick have ate up and chewed up Connolly Han year in, year out. Patrick mm. Horgan has probably got a bit of success out of him. Seamus Harney here and there. So if you're going back to Limerick with them, sure, them lads are going to be rubbing their hands together going, look, we've done it with this lad. But if you try a Brian Hayes out or somewhere new, some, someone that you're not expecting, that you're not used to playing. So it's getting the, the mix right between both is really crucial for this. Because look, Kieran Joyce is an outstanding six. They've built a reasonably good defence. You'd still have question marks, even though Damien Callan still, still has, comes up and answers from time to time. But he can 
do kind of erratic things at the back can lead, can lead to a goal. You think of the goals that they conceded last year against Tipperary as well. So there is some question marks at the back. Sean O'Donoghue has definitely uh, shored up and given a good level of support there. But it's just there's so many options in Cork. It's landing on the right 26 and within that, the right 15. And and just one one final point, Jackie, I think, like, I mean, look, we didn't really see the best of Robbie O'Flynn last year. He's obviously very, he's fully fit. And Alan Connolly, for me, Jackie mentioned about coming with something different. Alan Connolly didn't hurl a ball last year because he was injured for pretty much the whole year. He's back reasonably fully fit, but might even be, get picked to start against Clare on Sunday. He'll make a big difference as long as he can remain fit. Hmm. Well, look, if Cork have to have a big year, they're not the only ones because Declan, you mentioned there's a couple of other contenders there who it might be good. What about Galway? Because again, similarly, we've seen flashes of that over the years, but maybe the same problem that Cork have had. They've picked a lot of similar style players and maybe just haven't got exactly the most out of this group of players. So can we see something different from them this year? I'm not so sure because I don't know where, where, where they're coming with from players. I mean, I just thought it was a remarkable uh, turn of phrase that Ina Burke, for example, and just to pick one player, like, you know, Ina Burke was, was remarkable in the club final. And, uh, you know, that, 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 that point that he got at the end was just something special. Like, it was incredible. Falling backwards over the shoulder point on the 21 on the sideline. And then we, we asked him, we got around him afterwards and uh, one of the questions was like you know what's your county aspirations and what can you achieve at Galway and he says well I've kind of been there for the last eight years and I haven't been good enough like you know so I think like you know Ina obviously expects Henry to stick with what he has done and what he has achieved so far I mean they had you know well they were flawless in, in Leinster right up to the final and then they were flawless in the final right up to the final play how far are they away like they have to be right there, like in the mix. I mean, you know, Killian Buckley's goal was one of those incredible uh, situations whereby, like, the, the defender just puts his boot onto the ball, can go anywhere, and it end up in the net. And it's another Leinster title for Kilkenny. That was Galway's Leinster title. The momentum gathered off that would have been unbelievable. Uh, they're 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 going to go with the what they have again. They're going to have Evan, Evan Nailing on freeze. They're going to have Connor Whelan as the man to hit. They're going to go with Jason Flynn. They're going to have Carl Mannion, the Coonies. Like you know, they've they're they're ready to go. Like you know, it's just I suppose, and I haven't really studied what way other fixtures fall. Rory's the man for that. But you know, would a would a league title maybe give them that 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 wee bit of a push on? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that they, that they need that. Uh, but yeah, look themselves and Clare in a different situation without Tony Kelly. They'll be looking to see well, what can we actually gather up our, out of ourselves without Tony for the year. Uh, and really, no, I, I, I still come back to it. Like it's 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 Cork's title. They have to go after it. Um, and every other team will be will be targeting. Just stay safe. Get in that top three, four, <laughs> finish, mm. and, and get ready for next year's league, and pour all into the championship. Yeah, well, Jackie, can I ask you about Galway specifically then, right? You know Henry better than anybody. So last year, he felt he got the right tune out of Galway. And that stroke of luck with Killian Buckley's goal is just something that is so rare. Like if, if they'd have win that mm. Leinster final, he might have felt they were right in with a shout of winning the All-Ireland. Do you think he changes things drastically? Because they were very close to getting it right. You know, even we're talking about picking the same kind of players. He knows what he wants from this Galway team, mm. doesn't he? 
Well, I suppose the acid test isn't Kilkenny, unfortunately, Jackie, and unless yeah. you find the acid test is Limerick. Mm. And when yeah. they came up against Limerick, they came undone like Kilkenny did. So can he go back with the same thing again? He can, but he'll probably go against the same result and maybe even worse because we know Limerick will continue to strive for perfection because they're not that far away. So I don't feel he can go back with that same team because it hasn't got done. Like how many times has that Scalway team tried to get over line with Limerick? As well, it, and it was also, Jackie, the manner of the defeat Correct. last yeah, year was absolutely. bad now. They just took over completely. So yeah. I feel Henry, when I heard that he was going to go back, I feel, I feel Henry's going to go back for at least two years and try rebuild something else um, and come with something new. Looking in from the outside, I don't see a whole lot of younger guys that you just bring in straight away like Cork have. So he's going to have to really dig into the, the roots of the Galway Championship to see if he can unearth two or three gems to bring some freshness, to bring some life into this Galway team. Because, yeah, look, maybe if, if that stroke by Killian Buckley, if he doesn't get that goal, it gives him a bit of confidence, a bit of gives him uh, more vigour going into the championship and they might put up a better performance against Limerick. But essentially, I think it doesn't change a whole lot. Galway probably, looking back, weren't good enough to beat Limerick last year and going back with that same team, I don't think it's going to get the job done. So knowing Henry, he'd be looking for something different and looking to find, unearth a couple of, maybe three, four, five players to bring into the Scalwell setup to come with something different that when they come, if they come up against Limerick or more so uh, Kilkenny, that they have something different. Mm. There's just so many talking points around this new Hurling League, Rory. But one thing that we generally have at this point of the year is about six or seven new managers. It feels kind of weird that everybody's in situ. You know, you're talking yeah. about Henry going back in. You're talking about, you know, everybody seems to have a sense of what they have. Apart from Keith Rossiter, you're pretty much looking at same deck right across the board, which is very rare for hurling, actually. It is. It is very unusual. Um, nearly every county, it, the manager stayed in situ. I, I don't know whether it's maybe... It was a huge turnover last year, though. Last right? year. Yeah, remember that? It was yeah, a massive. Yeah, so a lot, yeah. of, a lot of guys are still only in their second or maybe third Exactly. Year. Like Liam Cahill, uh, Davey, Pat Ryan came into the job. You Derek know, Ling. De Derek Ling. Uh, so Hall, exactly. So there was a huge, some, yeah, everybody's kind of in year two. I think that little bit of stability might add to the quality, what we might see hopefully over the next seven or eight weeks. Um, like, I still think, look, the issues with the league by and large is the fact that the real league is going to be for the months of April, May. And um, it's just really, I suppose, for teams to try and flesh out a couple of key positions, maybe, you know, uh, try one or two things in a tactical sense. And then for teams like Declan mentioned that like really need to push on and win win something like in the relation to Cork, you'll see different ambitions for different teams. I think Kilkenny are very interesting. I think this weekend's fixture is uh, going to be really interesting. Obviously, last year Wexford losing to or like uh, getting pipped by Westmeath, and then the following week going out beating Kilkenny. It was just extraordinary stuff. So that'll be a really that'll be a really interesting game to watch this weekend in Nolan Park. Are you going into that one actually, Jackie? Are you going to go and have yeah. a look? Yeah, I'll be yeah, there, so, yeah, surely will. So look, they've had a couple of retirements as well. Kilkenny over the winter, Richie Hogan obviously packing it in. Parik Walsh, they see Parik Walsh retire as well, Jackie. Yeah, he did, he did didn't as he? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Real so, Walsh profile just slip off into the background. You wouldn't even yeah, know. Yeah, you wouldn't even know. There's no big <laughs> statement or no, you know. It's a, uh, it's. It's interesting, all right. So look, I, but look, Kilkenny will just be Kilkenny, and they'll do what they always do as well. So that's a good game to look forward to. And Cork and Clare, obviously, in in up in Cusick Park, is another really interesting game to see this weekend to get the ball rolling. Yeah, 
Look, let's uh, round it off then with that, Declan, because it does feel like we've waited long enough for Hurling to come back. It'll be gone again in no time. But I think when you look at some of those fixtures, Kilkenny, Wexford, Clare, Cork, you know, they are the highest calibre of these games. As you say, some of them are more important for some of these counties than others. But I think one thing that you will get for sure is Hurling is back and it's going to come back with a bang this weekend. Yeah, and like the, the, the appetite for it, Seemingly a post-COVID thing, really. I mean, you look at the crowds that go to League of Ireland now, like, and, you know, live sport and getting out there and, and being involved and, and, and breathing the air and at these things now has had such a, a an incredible surge of interest, club games. And, like, Hurland's, Hurland, I mean, people, they can't really understand it, that the pace goes up every year, the skill level goes up every year, the they're refining game plans and everything like that. It's just it, it keeps on it keeps on giving, and yet uh, this is for another debate. Like it is the the sport that the the GA constantly abuse and take for granted. I mean Jackie's point that mm. a soft launch. Like I mean you know it would take very very little to make a massive uh, push. The National League, believe it or not, is ninety nine years on this year. This is the ninety ninth year of it. So I mean. Next year, you should be expecting a bonanza or something huge to mark the fact that this is the leagues now. You know, even the first year they hosted the National League, the first league game was on the exact same day as the All Ireland football semi final, which kind of goes to show that they buried it on the very first day of the National League. So, like, you know, a bit more promotion, and it doesn't have to be this a soft launch now, and that's the end of it, and go off there and, and take care of yourselves. Like, there is opportunity for promotion throughout this league. Uh, you would like to see it a little more loved by the people who are actually uh, charged with promoting it. And that's I think only- that's a fair point on the back yeah. of, as Jackie said earlier, one of the greatest club All-Ireland finals we have seen in modern times. Like hurling has never been better between the championship last year. The league was actually quite good until the final last year. And the, the, the All-Ireland semifinals and finals, as you said, Jackie, the product has never been better. Never been better, but we're just not screaming about it. Like it's it's only for we're invested in hurling. You'd have to go looking for content of previews of uh, a national league coming up. Like why haven't we like some of our best hurlers out there talking about the game, talking about the upcoming league, the fact that Dublin or that Limerick are going for a five in a row. Why isn't that being spoken about? Like we're talking about unprecedented territory, really. You know, um, and we're just not speaking about. It. Like I remember when the 125th anniversary of the GEA and there was a first round of a football in Crow Park and there was fireworks. I think Dublin played Tyrone yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like, what? like absolutely unbelievable stuff. Like a huge build up to that. Like that's the type of stuff. Cause like we have an unbelievable product, as you said, Jackie, but we're just, we're just dr- driving it down more and more into the ground when we should be shouting like, from the rooftops. Of like like the, the All-Ireland champions should have been paired off with, you know, a significant fixture this weekend and even play it in Croke Park. Why not have, not say to Limerick, look, you're the All-Ireland champions. We're going to officially open the National League by playing your game in Croke Park. Have you a problem Until with Kenny that? Kenny are going to clap you onto the field in Croke yeah, Park. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sure Jack, Jack, you love that. You know, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, I mean you, you, look at, you look at during the winter months, they tried to, the, 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 the lower level teams in Nicky Rackert and Laurie Maher. Absolutely. By yeah. five, or, five or six counties were being, you know, mooted to mm. be disbanded from playing league hurling. And oftentimes we hear you know, the stuff, stuff around, for instance, GA Go, right? 
you look at that, the pay-per-view, well, why do we do that? So we can invest in hurling. But then when we see the winter months come, we do the opposite of investing in hurling and counties that are probably really struggling at the lower end are, are, are being asked to disband during the league campaign and play championship only to save money. You know, I find that whole dichotomy very curious and very hard to uh, compute. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree. The final point on that is like, and uh, Jackie probably know this, like I, I don't know what the arrangements are in the NFL, but the NBA always arranges that the last four winners all play each other on Christmas yeah. Day. Like, you know, mm. there are there's one fixture, you know, if you won the NBA in the last four years, you will be playing on Christmas Day. And to get like the All Ireland winners to play the All Ireland finalists on the opening day of the league, like it would be very simple. Mm -hmm. They're normally always in the exact same league. Off they go, like you know. But that will take a, a motion from a club that will have to go through a county board and will have to go through a provincial council, and it will have to be. Uh, it will be basically by the time it will get to the Congress floor, somebody along the way will have enough complaint about it that it mightn't actually achieve the 60% vote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you think, Jackie, do, do, just one other point, like like the reality is this, and I know Don Logue has often said, like he made mention that he feels that the governing body has failed hurling. And that's definitely a discussion point that, you know, could be pushed out there because one of the things that I find, like being, in, we'll say at the cold face here, trying to push the game, like it, it's it's much harder. It's a much harder sport to administrate, to fund, to coach, to um, to try and, you know, get people like because ultimately the the skills to play the game are more difficult. The game itself is a far more skillful game. So obviously the level of coaching that you need very oftentimes won't exist in the areas where you, you might have a lack of a hurling presence. So there's only one way you're going to be able to upskill these people. And it's certainly not by discontinuing roles like Martin Fogarty's and not having the likes of the Fermanas and Leitrims and Longfords of this world uh, play National League hurling at the same time. At least you have a flagship team, you know, making some kind of effort in those counties. Well said, Rory. We'll uh, send you in with a motion for Congress with your club chairman's hat on any of the days now. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, we'll add it to the list of many things for you to do. Lads, we're going to have to leave it there because um, we will run out of time. People will not have enough time to listen to all of the previews for the games that are coming thick and fast at them this weekend. But wherever you are going to matches, enjoy it. Jackie, Declan, thanks a million for being with us. And we'll be back on Monday with a look back on the weekend. We'll chat to you then. Oh, there's the whistle, it's over!